It's that time again. We go beyond the jive. Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. All you hive jive junkies out there, this is the Hive Jive. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Hi. Hello. Howdy. What's up? (laughs) Not much. Uh, What's going on? Is it warm in your neck of the woods like it is here? Yesterday and today. uh, Yesterday was 60. Today was 65. But we have a cold front coming through tonight um, and rain. So I don't really know what the temperatures are going to be the next couple of days. I do know that my best laid plan was to get up on the roof today clean out the gutters and hang the Christmas lights before the rain came. And that never happened. Yeah. Well, we were like close to, um, close to 80 today. It was warm. (laughs) It's pretty warm. I was uh, walking (laughs) around with my, uh, so inside the house is actually cooler than it is outside (laughs) because, uh, it holds the, the, the heat and the temperatures really well. It's a, it's a thick, um, um, Santa Fe style, whatever that's called, stucco and uh it really heat uh keeps the heat in and so i I went outside with my sweatshirt and i'm like it's way too hot for sweatshirt you know we're not wearing that it's december (laughs) and you look at the outdoors and it's gray and the sky is kind of cloudy so you assume it's cold and and i was like oh man it's muggy yeah yeah that's no fun gray and overcast and cool and crisp is okay but Gray and overcast and then hot is not, that's not a very muggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not an okay scenario. We had really, really, really dense fog uh, in the mornings and at night after dark. So when I would take the pups out for their last potty break of the evening, the, it was like a freaking horror movie or something. You'd turn on a flashlight <laughs> and you couldn't, you couldn't even see, you know, and that just made it worse because it makes everything blinding. But yeah, yeah, the, the mist. mist, exactly the mist. <laughs> it's coming for you. Uh, no, yeah. but uh, otherwise, it, it's not. It's not been too horrible, so that's a uh, that's a good thing. Um, well, for us, that means that uh, for the Saturday apprenticeship, we're going to be able to get into bees, which is I'm excited about. Very nice. I think um, maybe by Saturday it's supposed to stop raining here. Maybe <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I want to say it's like Wednesday, Thursday, maybe Friday. So we'll see. But either way, all the work that I have to do is inside at the moment. So it's oh, not yes. going to get me out of anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just feel uh, good about it because last year when we were doing the winter apprenticeship months and that started in like um, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, we were always on either the really cold days or the very windy days or the rainy days. And it was just, and then the summer turned into a, it's always going to be hot. So we were, we were switching. We were going in the mornings really early, excuse me. But then it was still kind of, we were juggling with the weather every single, that was the one day of the month. That was always a problem. Yeah, that sucks. But that's mother nature. She likes to throw that's your balls right. for sure. So today we are, you know, we're we're approaching the holidays. We're at the very beginning of December at the moment, and we just got a couple of weeks left before the big holiday madness happens for everybody around the world, basically, or at least it feels like it. Um, so we thought that, uh, and we had promised on on the last episode, I really wanted just just so you know, I really wanted to squeeze another episode in between these, but I promised you last week that this week we were going to talk about this, so I didn't. Right. <laughs> but long story short, you know, the joy of the holiday season and everything else and kind of wrapping up the beekeeping year, we thought it might be a good idea to talk about how you can reinvigorate and rediscover that awe and joy of beekeeping. So that is actually today's topic. Um, last week's topic was a, a kind of a cautionary tales, little stories of things. And uh, the other topic that I wanted to talk about 
would would have been more on a not somber tone, but it definitely wouldn't have been as cheery of a tone. <laughs> so we're going to go with what we promised and we're going to do the the joy and awe of beekeeping this week, though it would fit really well closer to the holidays. But again, I made a promise. So we're, we're going to yeah. stick with that one. That will be for next time, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, it's it's not anything bad. It, you're completely normal. If you find yourself from time to time stopping and being disgruntled or discouraged or upset, lost in your beekeeping, feeling defeated, all of those kinds of things are very natural. They're very normal. All of us beekeepers go through it regardless what some people might want you to think on things like TikTok and, you know, Instagram and social media, it's not always sunshine and roses. We have bad days. We lose colonies. Things happen. Sometimes you sit down and you're just like, why, why am I doing this? And I hit that point many times during the removal year where I would just stop and be like, oh my God, like I'm getting too old for this crap. Why do I keep doing this? You know? So there, there can definitely be challenges along the way that can actually kind of drag you down and make you stop. But there's also things that can come along and reignite that spark and kind of re-give you that joy that you originally found. Cause it's very easy when you first get started, right? To be, to be all into it. Yeah. So there's so many things that can um, drag us down. Like you said, um, colonies don't always survive. It gets hot. It gets cold. They starve. They, you know, um, they swarm on you and you were expecting to catch a split. And so there's disappointments just as much as their joys. Yeah. And Whether Mother Nature doesn't cooperate, like we just mentioned earlier, that's a weather. big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the purpose of this episode is to really kind of try to look at the brighter side of things and find other ways, new ways that you might not have thought about to rekindle that joy and that awe that you have in beekeeping. So what are your favorite things in beekeeping? Maybe we can start with that and maybe we can kind of like develop on other suggestions. So absolute favorite thing. I, I posted a video on social media. Gosh, it probably... This is like over a year ago. It was the very last year that I sold nukes in Texas. And the whole point of the video was I was driving. I was in the truck. I was driving and I had the nukes in the back seat with me so that they didn't overheat. And the entire cab of the truck was just filled with <laughs> the smell of fresh spring nectar and the brood. And it just created this euphoric almost scent in the air that made you happy. It made you feel high and energized and alive. And it was very awesome. That that right there is probably my favorite aspect of it is some of the scents and the smells that you get, especially at that early spring stage. You know, it, it's all very sweet and crisp and citrusy and, and it's, it's and just the bee bread and the yeah. Yeah, 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 it's just invigorating. And I love that smell so much. And so that was, you know, we did the one episode um, came out on the main platform talking about sensory deprivation, COVID sensory deprivation. And I had for a little while lost my sense of smell. And I was devastated when I started thinking, oh my God, is beekeeping even going to be the same going forward? Because that's one of the biggest joys that I get out of is that smell. So even if I'm upset or, or you know, disgruntled about something, if I catch that whiff of, of the, the smell of the colony kind of wafting through the air, that can stop. It can it can change your entire mindset. So that would probably be the first thing that I would say is is my favorite. So that reminds me when I went to my um, yards, and actually I was working still with uh, the training that I was getting from a larger beekeeper group, and I was going through many many hives in the day before going to my Chinese class, and. I sat down in that class and I swear I was high from the smell of the hives, the propolis, the, the just kind of like the energy that was coming out of it and just feeling that and smelling. Uh, I think it has, you know, potential properties for elevating your mood. So yep. we can just, start, I mean, we can just start, uh, try to slow down and sit and, and try to use our def our other senses, not just our sight, not just our ears, but also our smell, and obviously our tests if we, if we have the opportunity. But the smells 
are an amazing part of um, the journey. And it is just kind of uh, really invigorating as far as I'm concerned. It is. It definitely is. I would say the second thing for me would be, and a lot of this stuff comes from when you first start, right? It's like, like I said, it's very easy to, to be this way when you first start. Everything is new. Everything is just like this wondrous discovery that you're coming across. Well, one of my favorite things and something that still to this day has always been a favorite pastime is watching the bees mm-hmm. right about the golden hour, right as the sun is setting, but it's it's to the point where everything is one big shadow or there are no shadows kind of, but everything's illuminated by this golden light. Grass looks like emerald green and the bees and their wings light up golden in this light. And the colonies that I first had at my house in Austin would do orientation flights every evening around seven or eight o'clock. And I loved, I would just go out there and sit down. I had a place made for me to sit where I was catty corner kind of in front of the hives, but off to the side and I could watch them at an angle and just watch the orientation flights of the bees floating up and down and that golden light hitting them. And that's my favorite time of day anyway. So then you Mm -hmm. put in this magical moment of these glowing creatures floating around And it just, it does it for me. So when I would go out and I would have a hard day of beekeeping or a hard day of bee removals, and I would, my last stop would be the main apiary and I would be out there doing something. It is a beautiful place to see the sunset. And oftentimes, even though I might've only been there for 15 minutes or so to do what I needed to do, I would be out there for an hour because the other 45 minutes was me sitting on the tailgate or the toolbox of the truck, Mm -hmm. kicked back, watching the sunset and just watching the bees fly to and fro. That's probably one of my favorite times of the day as well. And it's even more so in this fall when you have that light coming down at a different angle as well. And like you say, that golden hue is really making everything beautiful and walking around in the fields where you've got your hives, just watching nature and listening to nature and and just kind of at this time of the year, you watch the flights of cranes migrating you can hear them squawking in the in the sky and it's just you feel like you're alone in that a beautiful nature because your office is bee yards and and it's just that realization that gratitude that you can develop for what we do and the the chance that we have to be working with this wonderful animals is just very awe inspiring as far as i'm concerned um you can also you know slow down and sit by the hives and watch them excuse me i still have allergies um and just kind of like quiet your mind and just kind of be at peace try to meditate in a way um you can also talk to the bees and just kind of share your concerns if it's therapeutic for you um you can when you open the hive just kind of slow down and move really slow so that you are working with the bees instead of against the bees and and not have that feeling of fighting them. And and that brings peace as far as I'm concerned. That just being able to interact with that amazing wild animal that can be so fierce at times, but find a spot where we are working together in peace is just amazing. And that, so if you notice the first couple of aspects there that we just talked about, they don't have anything to do with doing a hive inspection or doing a split or trying to do this, trying to do that. Because a lot of times those are the things that can be frustrating. If you have a hard time seeing Queens and you've been through the box 30 times trying to find her and you're very overwhelmed and frustrated, there's nothing wrong with coming back out there later. Or even once you're done, just Mm -hmm. sitting back and sitting and watching and just breathing and relaxing because that is kind of the de-stressor of it. If you've already had a tough experience, take a step back and and just go back to those simpler things that do bring you joy and help you zone out or mellow mellow melon <laughs> mellow <laughs> out. Um, those are those are really good ways to actually do that. Well, and and you know that that um, when you try to get the let go, in fact, to just kind of not fight. You learn more biology before you get into the yard. And instead of trying to push your own agenda, maybe you follow that of the bees. And there's a certain piece in relinquishing that control that we're absolutely always trying to get sometimes um, and and just kind of letting go for the bee's sake and and for our own sake. So have you ever tried bee lining? 
that's another one I think that I want to try for reckoning my 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 excitement about the bees, right? So you kind of like look for where the bees are going to find hives. You try to find, you know, swarms. You try to find all kinds of things that way. Have you ever tried that? I have talked to Dr. Seeley about it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I have yet to build one of the actual bee lining boxes to to try to legitimately do it. But I often find myself, so two things. One, when you're doing bee removals, you eventually become trained to look for the specific flight patterns and paths of bees. Because sometimes they'll say, I don't know where they are, but I got stung when I was mowing and you've got to find them. And so, you know, you're looking around for this movement in these specific patterns. And so I find myself even to this day, when I see a bee, I watch it. Which way does it, which way did it come from? Which way is it going? You know, did it leave with a full belly and determination? Like it's going back to the hive or is it just going to the next flower? And at the new property, actually, there are bees around there somewhere and I'm going to figure it out, but I watch them and I watch them come up and over the top of the building and then shoot off kind of towards the sun. And so I'm like, so there's a colony around here. I just need to sniff it out, you know, but yeah, it's, it is very intriguing. I would love to do it. I love listening to him talk about it. Right. Tom, like if you ask Tom, Dr. Seeley, quote unquote, um, if you ask him what his favorite aspect of beekeeping is, it is actually bee lining. That is his favorite. It's his hobby. He calls it, quote unquote. That is his favorite <laughs> hobby. Oh, no, I actually think he, I think he called it a sport specifically. <laughs> he would rather be out doing bee lining than playing golf or anything else. That is his sport. That is his hobby. It's a challenge. It makes you think, but it's also this journey and then this joy of discovery when you do actually find it. And that, that right there can be something that is something out of the ordinary, something that reinvigorates your love for beekeeping or reinforces it. But again, you're not actually having to get into a hive and and go through all that stuff to do it, but it's related. You don't even have to be a beekeeper for that. That's true. You don't, but you have to not be afraid of the bees. (laughs) Right. And and learning how to read their behavior is a, a practice uh, practice art, basically, that Dr. Seeley has been doing for many years. Um, but the, so that's kind of goes into going to your yard that, um, you know, the trees are starting to lose their leaves finally. And and now I'm looking at bees that are not supposed to be there. So I'm I'm seeing like where, where are they uh, going? <laughs> where, what is that commotion over there? And I'm finding treasures you left uh, uh, an old tank um diesel tank with a, a colony in there and there was another barrel that um had sh- was showing activity and i found you know old comb there was no colony there but there was obviously one at some point and the bees that were still alive were checking it out and and i found uh the bathtub upside down that I was not paying attention to and and it's full with bees and so I'm super excited because those will cast swarms in the spring and that's another activity that I think can bring a lot of joy if you have never been in a swarm cloud or watched a swarm moving to a, a container or a building or anything like that or even watched a swarm issue from a box you haven't really lived I know I think that was one of the things that I actually had on my list that we were going to get to was was something that if you've never done it or even if you have, but you're feeling a little down, obviously, it's not one of those things you can walk out there and just do at any moment. Right. And everything has to be perfect. But if you ever have the opportunity to go literally stand in the middle of a swarm cloud Mm-hmm. It is the most awesome thing in the world because the bees don't care that you're there. They fly around you, but it's amazing to look up because you've got from the outside, this massive cloud moving in one direction, but from the inside, it is chaos. Everybody's going in all different directions, but yet they're still moving in the same direction. And it, it is, is so cool. Somewhat organized. That's what's magical about it because they will not bump into you. It's somehow they manage to avoid all the obstacles and keep in flight and that's when they are the least preoccupied by us. And that's when we're the safest in the middle of the cloud of bees. Now, when you find a swarm that's hanging from a tree, most of the time they're super gentle. Sometimes they're not. But the cloud of swarming bees. They're not going to sting you. No, I mean, you, one bit. you have to be extremely obnoxious to piss off a swarm in flight and make them start doing things to you. I'm not it, even sure. How yeah, it, it's it's a it's an amazing thing. It's just so awesome to do that. 
The other thing that goes right hand in hand with that, and this is something that I did multiple times by accident, and I did it out there at the main apiary, but uh, tanging or drumming, not drumming, tanging, where you call down a swarm. There were times where there were swarms in the area and I did not know it. And I was out there and I had a top bar and I was basically beating the top bar against another top bar because I was trying to (laughs) knock something off of it. And all of a sudden bees were everywhere. And at first I thought, oh crap, I pissed off this colony that's close to me. (laughs) And then I get to look in and I'm like, no, they're not paying any attention to me at all, but they're all coming over here. And they would land on the side of the box or on the top of the lid, like right by where I was banging on the, the sticks. And it occurred to me, I was like, oh my God, this is that whole, you know, old world wives tale. You can go out there and you can bang pots together and call a swarm down. Um, It's so strange, but that is also a very like magical moment where you're just like a little kid going, oh my God, this is so cool. It's really happening. (laughs) It's like that behavior that you get to witness for the first time that everybody talks about, but you're like, "Mm, I've never seen it. And so for the first time ever, you get in the middle of that. The swarms and and those events are are so powerful also because they generate their own energy. Oh, Okay, they so as strong as storms, electricity that's as strong as a, a, a lightning lightning energy. bolt. Yeah, <laughs> they can generate as much energy and cause the same amount of change and effect to the environment around it as a lightning bolt cutting through the air would have. Now, that right. doesn't mean that they're going to zap you and kill you. It just means <laughs> that they're actually generating ions and electrical charges. Now, if you think about it, we're talking about this euphoric feeling, right? Exactly. Lightning and running cold water, like a bubbling brook or stream over rocks, generate negative ions. And negative right. ions are the opposite of what you would think. It's it's one of the few times in nature that negative is good and positive is bad. Positive ions are generated from fluorescent bulbs, artificial lighting, computers. They make you, they kind of zap your energy. They make you feel weak and depressed. Negative ions are euphoric and uplifting and energizing and energetic. So if you think about those things that you just said, bees create enough energy to equal that of a thunderstorm and change the environment like a bolt of lightning would. Yet, if you're in the middle of it, you get this euphoric, energized, electric high. It's the same effect of those things that's changing the molecules is actually having an effect on you as well. Well, and that and euphoric um, aspect is kind of what is, it's kind of a theme today, right? With some of the, the joys of beekeeping. And, and so we talked about the smells of the hive and how it makes you feel euphoric as well. We talked about the feeling of the clouds of bees uh, and the negative ions. But there's also when you, have you ever tried, I really want to do this, uh, um, the bee beds where you lay on top of the beehives and you've got those vibrations and the smells potentially, but that vibration is supposed to also really um, uh, give you that sense of euphoria and that meditation and that calm, that's yeah. therapeutic, right? So so if you want to tie other little aspects of science into that, just like we did the last one, the hum of the hive is a frequency and it registers at certain levels. They're now getting into research where they are finding that certain sounds can be healing. And if you have certain tones and vibrations going through your body, it can speed up the healing effects for different properties. You want to know where the basis of this stuff kind of started? Cats purring. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's A very cat purrs when it is happy and calm, but it also purrs when it is hurt. And there was originally this theory or thought that there was something about the rhythmic purr and the vibration that actually helped the cat's body go through and kind of engage this healing process. And now many, many, many years down the road, they're now going back and proving that that theory is correct and that they there are different tones and sounds that do that. So if you're laying on top of one of these, that's awesome. And it, it does, you get the vibration, you get the hum. So you get auditory, you get physical. And then also- there's probably some of those pheromones that are leaking out into the air. So you're still getting the auditory and the uh, olfactory all mixed together into this one thing that gives you that same experience. Now, I will say one of these days, I'm going to have something like that. I I will do. And I there's been a couple of opportunities down here where we could have, but we just don't have everything set up just right yet. But one of these days, if I have my way, I will have some sort of retreat or some sort of specific themed like B&B type experience where you could come out, you could stay the night, 
you can go and experience bees, you could have fresh honeycomb, you could do all this stuff, and possibly you're sleeping in a cabin that the beehives are underneath your bed. That would be totally awesome. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. Ever since I was watching the, the, the AP therapy experts in Romania that are doing that, and uh, I've seen several people across the United States, including Dr. Sharashkin, um, and uh, some guy in the UK, I forget what his name is. He's, he's amazing. He's like expert Celtic history and, and bee bed guru. And so I want to try that. Definitely have the same uh, wish to build my own you know, cabin to have people over and just with a big bay window over nature. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're thinking along the lines, uh, yeah. uh, along the same lines there. You know, the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is something that they do a lot in, I think, Italy, uh, where they they actually have the smelling hives where they've got the hive and then they've got the tube that comes up and you can actually put on the face mask and breathe the odors and pheromones and smell from the colony to also kind of give you that euphoric, uplifting, calming kind of overall feeling. Exactly. And and I think they do it in Romania as well. Um, what's his name? Doctor, he was on the last World Bee Day uh, webinar. He's the guy that has uh, aptherapy.com. And um, he he does talk about this stuff. He explains the benefits of it. And, and I think all across his country and in Italy, now that you're mentioning it, they, they have that kind of thing. So that's super interesting to me. And I definitely want to try that uh, to introduce other people that don't necessarily want to go into the hives either, right? right. So It can then, be an experience without the threat of getting stung, but you can, it's, it's like looking at an observation hive. Exactly. You get to see the inner workings of it, but you know, you're completely safe, you know? Observ so let's talk about finding new hive styles and, um, uh, observations, uh, hives are a really good one. That's a good segue because, uh, you can, you can d uncover so much about the life of the honeybees that you don't really necessarily get to witness when you're only going on sporadic inspections. I'm planning to use uh, an aquarium, which I think is a 10 gallon aquarium and, and um, put it on my desk and drill hole, a hole in the front, put a hose, put an opening to my window and put some coverings for when I'm not watching it, but I'm gonna be watching BTV, right? So, and I'm gonna be able to bring that inside of the house. There's also other hive styles that you can try. If you've always been a Langstroth beekeeper, if you've always been a top bar beekeeper, try other hive styles that rekindles your excitement, your curiosity about um, your experimenting about the bees and, and what they're doing and if that has any influence on them. It keeps it interesting and fresh. So those uh, different things, different hive boxes can, can already uh, help. Also different techniques sometimes. Uh, just kind of, you know, a lot of people like to tinker with their bees. I would say don't mess too much with the biology of the bees themselves. Again, to our point earlier, don't fight them. Just go with their biology. Uh, and by the way, learn about that biology to better understand them. So that Winston book, uh, The Biology of the Honeybee, is a great one. There's all kinds of books out there, especially in the Wicca Press, the Dr. Connor and, and the Essentials books. All those are really good for you to kind of get better understanding of the bees. And I think with that comes a lot of joy when you see what you've been reading and you watch that happening live under your eyes. Like I had heard that you could have two queens in the hive and a mother and a daughter for a time period. And when I first saw that, I was, I was actually filming and I was like, oh, here's the queen. And then I could with what I knew, I was like, well, this looks like they got superseded and all that stuff. And I was talking to myself and I was like, you know, um, usually that means there could be another uh, queen in the house. So let's take further because most people will stop at that first queen. Let's dig deeper and see if we find another queen. And sure enough, I found that other queen and my mind just exploded. I was <laughs> like, wow, I was, was so excited. Those are those moments when you, when you run across something like that, that definitely can spark that childish like joy yeah. and wonder for the world kind of thing. Um, childlike, not childish, but childlike. And right. so my instance with that was the first time that I, I was going through a top bar hive and they were in the process of swarming. The swarm had literally just issued and went out to the tree. 
We caught that swarm knowing that the queen was in that ball, you know, and we put that down into a box and we're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go make another hive out of that right there. Cause they're already done, but let's go in the colony and see what's going on and start minimizing this down. Well, the first virgin queen had already emerged. Wow. That was fast. The swarm out. And when I picked up the comb and I was looking at this, the queen cells, she was on the queen cell, chewing the side of it and murdering the wow. queen inside the cell. And I was sitting there holding it going, oh, my God. I was like, <laughs> it's one of those things that we talk about all the time, but you don't see her actually go right. do it. And so I'm sitting there holding the thing and I'm like taking my camera and I actually got video of there the queen go. killing other queens inside their cells. That was one of those moments. You hear it all the time, but until you see it with your own eyes, you're just dumbfounded. You're like, it's almost yeah. like the whole Santa Claus and the M&M's commercial. Exactly. Like, it does exist. They do exist. You know, like, it's like, oh, my God, it does happen. <laughs> well, and you can have the opposite effect, too, where you're like, well, I've been told that there's never the queen never feeds herself. Right. Or the drones right. feed themselves. And then I was watching a queen emerge out of a queen cell, which is another big joy creating. Yeah, watching her be, be born, quote unquote, or emerge exactly. as an adult. Yeah. And and even worker bees being born is is just amazing. So Everybody, cute. they're just like cute little fuzzy teddy bears with Everybody, wings. Everybody <laughs> for the longest period of time, you can be a beekeeper for a long time. People will go, "Oh my gosh, this is so cute!" It's right? a baby like a bee, kid, right? <laughs> but the queen coming out is a very special event. So in itself, it's awe inspiring. And then watching her run like crazy to the nectar cells and take big gulps. I'm thirsty. Get out of my way. (laughs) And I was like, my mind is just blown. Uh, And I love it because it's just amazing to see um, how you you thought that that it was not possible. And all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe I should question what I'm told. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now, see, those those are all great examples of happenstance, accidental, perfect timing where everything kind of comes together. You get out there and you're doing an inspection or you're doing this or you're doing that and you just happen to come across one of these things. And that moment, especially if you stop and appreciate it and watch and realize what's really going on, those moments can really kind of invigorate and refuel you. But oftentimes, maybe you don't have that opportunity. Like right now, winter's coming up. North America, most of the colonies, except for, you know, people in Texas where it's apparently 80 degrees, um, most of the colonies are already, you know, in their little winter nests and they're all bundled up and cozied up and, and ready to hunker down and go through the winter. So there's other things like you were saying, the different hive styles. So right now is a great time to go out there and start researching, learning about different things. One of the things along those lines that always like kind of got me going for a little while, but I don't know why I like building habitat-esque type things like making a pond and a stream and a waterfall and all that stuff and planning for things to live in it really does something to me like I really enjoy that for some reason so doing it like when I learned about doing uh two two queen systems when I first heard about that I was like what and so I did all this research and I was all stoked and I had like I drew up different plans and different ideas well what if the the main colony boxes were here and how could I make it to where they merged together but it was still easier to go through and and you know like how can I do it and not necessarily just do something that was online but I was being creative about it well that got me very in like energized it got me very passionate the the word passionate yeah um i was very much looking forward to the next season so that i could implement those sorts of things you know when you learn something new it can help get you going and get you back into that mindset and that frame of mind so looking out there at the books the ones that you mentioned are absolutely wonderful if you don't quite feel like you're ready to dive into like really in-depth uh biological aspects of things don't, you know, read like Tom, Tom Seeley has many books out there that are fascinating, but they teach you ways to kind of look at the bees and parallels and things like that, that work great. And then once you've gone through all those and you are like, well, now what do I do? Go in depth into that biology and get into those inner workings of the actual bee itself in the colony. All of those things are great ways to reinvigorate stuff. Now, my next one that I would jump off of from there would be if it's kind of twofold education, learning something new, go to an event, 
if there is an event being held in your area, especially if you've never been to one, but even if you have, and it's been a long time and you're kind of feeling like, eh, go to an event because there's two things going on. One, you may learn something new. You may run into a speaker who just really is passionate about something or presents it in a new light. And that gets you going. And that makes you be like, oh, you know what? I, I remember why I love doing this, or I remember what my favorite aspect of this is. The other aspect of that, though, the twofold prong of it is networking, being around right. all of those other people that share the same type of joy and interest that you do can really spark that invigoration of making you want to go out there and having the desire to get back into it and reminding you why you started in the first place and why you love doing it. So that would be my other aspect. Well, and, and you kind of uh, are on the same line as I am, because um, as you know, we both have been execs in um, beekeeping associations. I, I created the Hayes County Beekeepers Association and organized a lot of the meetings. And what I love about that and the bee schools is going and meeting people in like that networking you're talking about, but you actually feel that energy. I love people. I just love uh, making friends and just kind of remembering their names and their stories and seeing them every month. And it's just like an extended family that uh, has that actually shares a passion and that you can actually talk with about all your beekeeping trivias and, and interesting facts that you can't. And they don't. Yeah, they, they're they're not placating you. They don't sit there and roll their eyes. They're they're actually genuinely interested and they yeah. have their own stories that they want to share with you, too. So it's you know, you can go talk to people that are like you and not bore your family to death <laughs> or any other party guests that you you know, what do you do? I'm a beekeeper. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Well, yeah. I mean, did you know this about these? Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure you know if they're like, gone. yeah, they're like, OK, well, anyhow, I got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have to hold my myself back when when I start talking about bees because otherwise I could go overboard without realizing it and then I you know I have to catch myself but ditto <laughs> so there's the other thing so in in beekeeping associations have sometimes landing libraries we talked about the biology and and more technical books um, but you could also start reading some of the more uh, philosophical books or spiritual, you know, um, questions in things. And there's a couple of books that I really, really like is Song of Increase by Jacqueline Freeman. And uh, there's A Monk in the Beehive. That's also a really cool book. And that makes you think about um, bees, the world of the bees in a completely different um, perspective. There's a lot of history throughout the, the centuries about um, um spiritual connections that the bees might be potentially a portal to to connecting with whichever um, um, god or supernatural entities that you want to connect with and and it's amazing to look and watch uh, those books um, and just kind of get a different perspective on that basically bees that energy that that you know, different um, um, way to function is really a, a very connecting way for yourself to to be connected with nature, with people, with your spirituality, with everything. So it's a connecting animal. It absolutely is. And, and that's why we're all here. That's why we're talking about these topics is because we all love bees and, and we want to be beekeepers or we are beekeepers and we want to continue learning more and more about them. The simple fact that they are so fascinating and that you literally never stop learning, even the people that are out there right now doing all the scientific research are coming up with new discoveries every single day about some fascinating trait or aspect that the bee has that we didn't realize or how truly in-depth and complicated certain aspects of their livelihood, well-being, communication, all of that stuff can actually be. Those things are just constantly out there. You're constantly astounded at what you can actually learn about the bee and you never stop learning. So that is one of the things that sometimes, yes, we can get frustrated, but you just have to take a step back and you have to look at some of these other things. If you if you just need to calm down, you need to relax, 
don't necessarily go into the hive, just sit and be with the hive, you know? Just watch them, just yeah. be there, right? The uh, less is mentioned, you know, when the winter comes and he cannot get inside the beehives or work with the bees and they're all confined inside, he gets very nostalgic. So, you know, there's other things that we can do to kind of stay connected with the bees that we love so much is uh, work with products of the hive. Do, you know, um, try to make some soaps and balms and salves and, and lip balms and, and um, candles and lanterns and I don't know, you name it. There's all kinds of propolis tinctures. There's all kinds of things that you can do uh, to kind of stay connected with the world of bees um, that are, you can share for the holidays, you can share with your friends and family. Sharing uh, products of the hives is one of the greatest pleasures as far as I'm concerned. And you know what my biggest pleasure is, is to watch somebody that's never tried comb honey and try it for the first time. You see their minds explode. You see their joy just flushing over them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never tasted something like this. And I don't think anybody's ever tested honey until they've tasted uh, comb honey fresh from the hive. No, that's true because they're all used to store honey. And right. so they don't even understand that there can be so many variants and complexities and different flavors and things to it. It just, it blows their mind entirely. And that is, that is actually a great thing to do when we could go out and do events and we would do taste testing and we would have samples and give to people. I love talking them through, okay, now yeah. this is going to be like this and then try this one and then do this one. And then they're like, oh my God, it's just like you said. And I'm like, I know, exactly. right? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> you see their faces illuminate. Speaking of illumination of faces, teaching to youth and kids about the bees and, and just kind of being with the children in and around the bees. And it's amazing to watch the world through their eyes and just kind of rediscover some things that you take for granted about the bees. Well, the other thing too, is you will discover things that you take for granted about the kids, because I don't think that I have ever done a presentation to a group of youth, younger children and not been just absolutely bowled over by the, the intelligence questions. behind some of their questions oh. and the, the logical connections that they're making on their own and the questions that they're asking and where they're taking that conversation to. It's not things that you would normally give them credit for. And I'm just always dumbfounded. I'm like, wow, it's like out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> They are the smartest of questions that I've ever gotten. And it's like they keep you on your toes. They, you have to really think through some of those questions because you're like, huh, I didn't think about it this way. Uh, but there's also the, um, so we talked about Beekeepers Association and other beekeepers. We talked about um, mentoring youth and, and teaching youth and, and watching it through their look. Uh, how about community outreach? I think we touched upon it a little bit at the beginning, but one of my favorite things to do, and that's what really sustains me when I'm really not um, finding what I need in the, in the beekeeping, which I always do, but um, ultimately my passion is to um, help people from all creeds and walks of life, and especially in other countries, learn about beekeeping and finding ways to do that and, and create a source of dignified income raising them out of poverty, raising them out of, you know, their situation, um, teaching them how to do that on the budget. And, and just kind of, we did that with um, Fam Houston for the Shambaya Amani Farm of Peace. Um, we, we created a whole teaching apiary there. And um, <clears throat> I've got a, a few people in the apprenticeship program for, for that. And um, going to other countries, France, um, Africa, you know, anywhere you want to and meet beekeepers out of the United States or, or communicate with them at the very least if you don't have that option to travel um, and just provide education for people that don't necessarily have access to it. That's a big passion of mine. And I think that it, it creates a lot of joy for me. That's that's actually a very good point. And for people who don't necessarily have that exact opportunity, you can do that on a smaller scale. So oftentimes, I am asked to come and speak to non-beekeeping groups just as much as I am to speak to actual beekeepers. And there's a certain joy that you can get from that too, because they don't know. And then when you when you start opening their eyes to all of these magical things, they're just 
they're just astounded and and they're so energetic and so like, oh my God, really? And you know, they've got great questions and everything too. But you can go out there and you can help spread the love for bees. And then you're reciprocating that because you're getting that joy and that energy and that fascination from them learning is coming back into you, which then re-energizes you and kind of helps propel you forward on that as well. But when you're doing that, you're you're doing stewardship, you're doing husbandry because you're not necessarily teaching them how to take care of the bees because they have a hive, but you're teaching them how to take care of all bees, how to mm. make sure that they have good habitat, what to do and what not to do, what to watch out for, and why they should be revered because they are such amazing little critters, critters, it, creatures, yeah. critter, creatures, creatures, and, creatures. And <laughs> creatures. I made a new word, critters. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, they all connect us. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's also the joy of watching people that you're teaching get it and, and progress and even surpass and, and just kind of like get all into the beekeeping and, and really getting it. Uh, and, and a program that I really enjoy also is Hive for Heroes that is working with veterans yeah. that have PTSD and, and things like, so you fight depression with uh, things like meditation and, and, and um, basically bringing the mind into the presence. Uh, what's fashion, fascinating about bees is that once you open a beehive, you have so many parameters that you're trying to think about. You have so many things to watch, to hear, to smell, uh, to analyze that it really grounds you. Well, but also when you are feeling yourself depressed for any reason, reaching out and helping other people is how you can also lift your, your spirits. So yeah. there's all that going in. So the, the Hives for Heroes program, anybody who has been listening to the show for any point in time at all should know that we are big fans. They've been on the show multiple times. Um, Steve and I are pretty close friends. So it's like, it is an amazing concept. It's a great thing, but there's a core aspect to depression and everything else that goes in there that is getting out of your own self, getting out of your own head. If there is something else outside of you that is reliant and contingent upon you getting off your butt, going out there and doing something for its survival, then it helps pull you away from that. It gives you responsibility and it gives you something to do. And then the actual act of going through the hive, all of those things that we've talked about throughout this episode, all of those things come into play. They get the sense and the aromas and they have all the different sounds and the sights and the, the, the awe that they find as they're going through this journey. So they've got the responsibility of needing to go out there and checking on the hive. Then they get all these great benefits and attributes and that euphoric kind of feeling back from the hive. So they feel like they've actually done something. And as they continue that process, then they might take on possibly mentoring somebody else. Now you have even more reason to get up and go out there because it's not for you, it's for them. And mm -hmm. you're doing it to help them out. And so it kind of feeds upon itself and it grows and expands. And it's very helpful for the community, especially service members, not necessarily just armed forces, you know, Navy, Army, things like that, but firefighters, police officers, anybody who has experienced extreme PTSD from their job where they've seen horrific things and they have very stressful things, this is something that can drastically go through and help them. So that is that's actually a very good point. Um, it it in and of itself is awe inspiring. It is, and it, it really rekindles your own joy because it gives those people and yourself a sense of pur purpose, a new sense of purpose. And you can look at it as it's high therapy for everyone around, just like you have horse therapy. Uh, it's an animal that lends itself to that. I wouldn't say that the the colony of honeybees is going to be all cuddly and is going to pick up necessarily on what you need to feel better about yourself. No, but, it's but a horse also might get spooked and throw you off. So right. there's a danger to all of it, really. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and its neutrality in itself is honest. It's just kind of um, help you kind of focus on your, your own need and, and picking yourself up kind of. Yeah, it, it also reflects kind of what you are and what you're doing. Yes. So if you mirror. need to slow down and stop and, and kind of take inventory of what's going on, they're going to let you know. That's a good you know, reminder. It 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 helps you be like, okay, I need to calm down. I need to slow down. And you know, it's it's one of those things. I don't need to rush through it. So 
it's a it's a good thing. So so there are many great options there, many great things to help kind of reinvigorate you to help you inspire yourself and others because inspiring other people also goes back and inspires you. So take these things, these lessons, go through and see what you can do for yourself. Maybe it is picking up a new book. Maybe it is researching a new hive style. Maybe this is the year that you go top bar. Who knows? <laughs> and because we we love hearing from you guys what your ideas might be as well, because that's going to bring us some joy to to find out what your best um, you know moments of joys and 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 beekeeping and how you leverage that for yourself and for others. We're curious. We want to know. So bring yeah. it up. Put it in the comments, let everybody know here on Patreon that they can go through and see that and see, you know, what is your favorite aspect of beekeeping? What is the one thing that brings you the most joy from it? What is the one thing that helps calm you down the most? You know, what aspect of beekeeping helps reignite that spark for you? Let us know. We would love to put it down there in the comments. And uh, who knows? Um, maybe here in a week or two, we might give you the opportunity to tell us yourselves. Who knows? What? <laughs> Is that and a surprise, Joe? Like, you know, verbally, live <laughs> kind of thing, not just in a text comment. But go ahead and put the comments down there anyway. There you go. So, and we'll talk about it in person. How's there that? There you go. That sounds like a great plan. So I think we will leave it there for this one. We hope that you have enjoyed and maybe you have found that spark, rekindled that flame of, of beekeeping and why you love it. And if not, go back and listen to it two or three more times. Maybe it's in there somewhere. I'm sure it is. <laughs> or hang out with Les Crowder and listen to him because he definitely knows how to find joy in beekeeping. Go back and listen. Like if you can ever find Les where it's already recorded him doing it, he does it all the time. But if it's not already recorded and you're ever around him and have the opportunity, ask him about his first experience with his first swarm. The story 14. itself is Isn't like it? a religious experience. I brought a lady who was Spiritual a friend of mine experience. to one of the meetings where he told that she cried. And then when we were leaving, she was like, I feel like I just went to church and I don't even go to church. <laughs> it's a very spiritual description. Uh, I mean, experience that you feel when he, he describes that process because you see light in his story. You yes. do. And that's honestly what all of us should be striving for, for our beekeeping is to have that, that spiritual connection and experience. It doesn't have to be religion. Don't get me wrong on that. It's not religious. It's yeah. spiritual. It's that energy. It's that feeling. It's that calm. It's that peace of mind, the reassurance, the Zen of just watching the bees do what they do and, and how they affect you and acknowledging that. So check it out. Like I said, go back, listen to it a couple more times. If you still haven't found that spark, figure out what it is. Take this holiday season to go through and try to find that. If you're missing it right now, try to find it. And for those of you who aren't missing it, get to work, damn it. You got frames to build and stuff to do and hives to build. So, <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we will be back next week. We are going to talk about... Well, we're going to talk about the subject of volunteerism and uh, and and certain situations, and uh, it's not going to be as inspiring. It might be, but um, you know, so we, we're going to talk about kind of some of the pains of uh, joy, sorry, pains of clubs and organizations and and volunteers and help and things like that. So that'll be next week's episode. But until that comes, we hope you all are doing well, staying safe, and as always, be good and be happy. Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody. Bye, y'all. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs>